live on uh, Podomatic. I, I got these various streamers happening in Rockfin. Rockfin's a pretty good one. I like Rockfin. Um, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, it's not bad. And they seem to have, they've never questioned anything. And, you know, with all the censorship going on, I've uh, I've been good there. I mean, in t but the censorship really started in 2018 when I was taken off YouTube. And I think a lot of people were for reasons that are not clear. But, mm -hmm. you know, we, we came, we went afoul of the, uh, the what I call the power elite, to use a term that was coined by uh, sociologist C. Wright Mills. Dustin yeah. Nemos is here, Surat, the Serapim. Dustin, you're mentioned prominently in my new book, The Anti-Semitic Imagination, where I did a chapter on the seed war, which is a topic you brought to my attention. And um, I just want to develop that a little bit. Um, first of all, before we go there, give me the basic synopsis, the hypothesis of, of what you mean by the seed war. Okay, so uh, right there in the very beginning, uh, Genesis 3.15, God told us, Yahweh told us that there is a war between the seed of the woman and the seed or offspring of the serpent. Something that most people in this day and age have basically forgotten, and they've, they've largely written it out of their doctrine. You have things like the, the Sons of Seth theory today that was popularized by uh, Augustus and others, which basically says that these were just humans having sex with humans, making human babies, but... The, the the reality, the belief, the uh, the context, the 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 phraseology, the etymology, uh, the scriptures do not support that. I mean, you don't have to look far. Uh, David and Goliath is a pretty famous example where we have a, a six fingered giant who is uh, slain by a king of Israel, future king of Israel, uh, when he was still a young man. So the giants are there all the way through scripture, uh, even until the very end. Although they do get smaller over time, and by the end. They're known as Amalek. They're known as Edom. And it turns into sort of the Gog and Magog war, uh, which is, a, a you could call that the uh, the latter half of the seed war, if you will. But this seed war has been going on between mankind and Nephilim kind since Genesis 6, uh, almost since the very beginning of mankind. Right. And Genesis 6 is the main uh, source for this, the main quote, which says that these powers of renown, whatever they call them, come out of the heaven and they, they have sex with women and they, they, they give offspring to these Nephilim of the Anunnaki, it's called in some circles, which is sort of hybrids between half human and half whatever it is, these aliens, these angels, these demons, whatever they are. And um, yeah. as somebody who ascribes to the, the Torah, the believer, I'm a believer in the Tanakh, and um, I, I earnestly work toward that belief. I, I can't dismiss this out of hand because you're quite right. It's quite clear. It's in the text. And um, basically, it's an idea that it's a race theory, obviously. It's the idea that there's a race of people who are a hybrid between human and these, um, whatever they call these angels, these, these demons. But Neha Elohim, yeah. And that basically your contention to take it the step further is that they were not destroyed by the flood. They were able to get on board, at least genetically, through maybe one or maybe more than one wife of these three sons of Noah. And that their offspring, these sort of half-breeds, constitute such people such as Goliath. And I think in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about 
this tribe of of uh, of uh, Bashan and the king who was described as giants and whom Joshua slew and and completely wiped out. Now uh, your contention also is that um, the Edomites uh, are descended from Esau and his pagan wives, his his Canaanite wives, and that they are part of this corrupted human race. Um, and that, of course, the uh, the Torah says that they resided around Mount Seir, which is, I mean, it's been kind of located archaeologically as being um, in the upper reaches of the Arabian Peninsula. Um, yeah. So, well, um, you, you, mostly, yes, uh, you're following the, the track more or less. Um, basically, you know, for those, many people don't think about it too hard. So they just say they were wiped out with the flood. That's it. That's the end of it. But Goliath is, again, evidence they were not wiped out in the flood. I mean, he came from a tribe of giants. He was just one of them. Um, right. He had brothers, right? His, his people were known for giantism. And even in that region today, still, they can trace the genetics back. And six fingers is fairly common uh, compared to the rest of mankind. You know, it's not common, but it's a, it's a recessive gene. Kind of like some people have green eyes as a recessive gene. Some people have six fingers uh, working six digits. And I assume six toes as well in some cases. Although I can't as readily point you to examples. I mean, we have celebrities bragging about their working six fingers and six uh, you know, how they worked and how they had them removed uh, for mm -hmm. cosmetic purposes and such on TV, on talk shows right. and such. So that's out there. We do have uh, hybrid humanity, RH negative genetics. If you ask any geneticist, is proof that, that we are actually, in fact, a hybrid species uh, because RH negative people, uh, they heal differently, sometimes faster. They have a different number of vertebrae than we do in some cases. They're just a little bit different genetically. They reject their own uh, offspring unless they get a special shot. Women will reject their own baby as though it were a, an invading parasite. So that only happens with, with hybrid species. Mm -hmm. Now, um, that's just one example, but if you look at shows like Ancient Aliens, you mentioned the term Anunnaki. I mean, they're, they're showing you tons and tons of evidence from history and genetics and et cetera that, in fact, there are Anunnaki, but the scriptures call them Nephilim, and there's a little bit of a different context there. Anunnaki were sort right. of like demigod rulers, but the scriptures sort of paint them as demons. Now, the way they're portrayed also archaeologically is responsible for some of these massive infrastructure that are discovered around the world. And we're talking about the pyramids, maybe the Stonehenge site in Wilshire, England. Uh, there's a site maybe in Peru that's been described as yeah. having these massive stones. Uh, even recently in Israel, archaeologists have uncovered in the region around Gath, which is the region that, uh, that Goliath came from, the Philistine region, these massive stones, hewn stones, cut stones, that really seem almost impossible for people of today to create. I mean, it would be enormous effort. So it gets into the question of whether or not this might have been part of this race of giants that um, yeah. described Goliath, who was described as a Philistine. And the Philistines are described as these people who came in from the sea. And there's a lot of mystery around their background. Um, well, yeah. All over the Go world, on. you have you have these megalithic structures is what we call them. And you still can't replicate this today. We, we've tried. We can't build even a small scale pyramid even today. But what you find is essentially matching architecture around the world from what we call cyclopean masonry, where the it looks almost like smooth, sm smoothly worn or polished 
like hard stone, granite stone, bigger than we can lift today, but they fit into place perfectly like Tetris uh, in a game where you can't even put a needle between those two blocks all the way around mm. because they just fit so well, almost like they were poured liquid. This is a, an incredible type of building. Uh, uh, it, it's completely, you don't, you don't need mortar and it will never break, essentially. These things survive the flood more or less. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're intact all around the world, although the builders, the, the giants that, that did indeed build them or were used in their construction and were known around the world for their building skills uh, are, are no longer as uh, big as they used to be and they're no longer around. But we have all of the evidences, including the bones, including the genetics, including the, the historical, including the scriptural, um, all tons of evidence that they existed. Right. Yeah. right, and the pyramids have been described as something that relates to out of space. I mean, they, because they could be seen from space and that there's some kind of a association between them and, and these creatures that landed on the earth, perhaps, who knows? Um, well, so they, they, go yeah. ahead, it's fine. I was just gonna I mean, add that they, they can be seen from, from those spy satellites uh, that China keeps flowing around on, floating around on balloons, which is basically yeah. a satellite, and that's all of them because space is essentially a lie. It's made up in a, uh, Hollywood well, we'll basement. Get into, that's a whole, that's a whole different ball yeah. of wax that we can do. But I want to stick with the, the story of the Nephilim. What you're describing is something that appears to be all over the world. It's not unique to the Middle East. That these Nephilim, there's evidence that they were in Europe before the arrival of the Indo-Aryan peoples. You've talked. I've heard you talk about the nursery rhyme "Feed Five Fo Fum." which uh, might have been intoned by these, this race of Nephilim inhabiting the British islands before the arrival of the Indo-Aryans and the Britons. Um, so you have them everywhere, and yet you focus on the Jewish people as being the descendants of the, the Nephilim due to intermarriage. And you make the connection in this regard, I've heard you make the connection with Esau, the the son of of Jacob of uh, Isaac, who did not receive the birthright, as anyone who reads the Bible knows, but who married these Canaanite wives, they say the reason why Isaac, toward the end of his life, was blind, was because he was blinded by the smoke coming out of the altars. Um, and yet Jacob was not Esau. Jacob was the father of the twelve tribes of Israel, and that they were not you know, descended from Esau. They were descended from Jacob. And of course, one of those tribes is the tribe of Judah, which is where the ancestry of, of the Jews, my people. Uh, That's where we disagree, do, yeah. We do. So I guess yeah. the, for starters, how do you make the correlation between Esau and Jacob in this regard? What happened? How did Jacob become Esau? Uh, okay, so that, that's a little backwards. Essentially, what I believe is, is happening is that uh, that's where you get the split, and that's kind of where the, the seed war takes its second half. You start to see the uh, – by then, they're no longer giants, first of all. The Canaanite tribes are uh, nine feet tall, probably max at this point, maybe a little bit more than that in certain rare cases. But uh, you see Esau mix immediately with two Canaanite wives, upsetting mom. Uh, dramatically, and probably what cost him his birthright with uh, sort of a divine intervention. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then, then you see also, and it's really a sad story because, you know, th th there's there's a bromance here as well. These are brothers. They came out of the womb holding one another uh, in a sense. I mean, they, they they did love one another. Esau and Jacob struggled uh, quite a bit. And, uh, you know, yeah. Esau tried to kill him a few times. Right. Uh, he wasn't always the best brother, but he did indeed love his brother. And this is where it sort of uh, the split happens because of the seed of the serpent, which has always had a genetic hatred for mankind. So this is where it happens again, and Esau's children immediately become basically barbarians and start trying to kill uh, Jacob and his children. Uh, as soon as Jacob is uh, put to, to burial, they, they start trying to steal the tomb and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then you, you basically be, uh, you see war. You see uh, God continually reprimanding and, and pointing out how Edom was laying in wait and stabbing them in the back and refusing to help and waging war against them and helping their enemies against them, etc., and right. you see basically what becomes Edom, uh, which is the children of Esau. And then later, again, they, 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 they make the mistake a second time, although at this point, I guess the damage is done. And they, these Edomites intermarried with the Horites, and they took over control of these people. So they actually slaughtered most of them and backstabbed them. But then they, they took their mountain, Mount Seir. They took many Horite women, which mm -hmm. were of the giant bloodline. And uh, uh, Esau's son, Eliphaz, took a Horite woman, Timnah, and had a son by her called Amalek. That's in uh, Genesis 36, 12. So okay. the, Amalek, the Amalekites were basically sort of the main tribe of Edom. So, you know, there are synonymous terms. Uh, Amalek might be considered the leadership. But Edom is mentioned in end times and things like Obadiah 18 and Ezekiel, the Gog and Magog war, etc. as being basically the enemy in, of end times, just like the giants were up until that point. And, uh, right. you know, we can, right. we can talk about how this was in prophecy, etc. But my belief was essentially that uh, these giant bloodline that were no longer giant through dilution and time uh, became Edom, and they, they basically infiltrated uh, the Judea under the Idumeans. They had changed their name to Idumeans, and that happened under uh, King Herod the Great, supposed uh, the Great, who tried to kill all those babies uh, in order to stop Jesus. He was an Idumean king who, with Roman help, basically became king of the Judeans, although he was not Judean, he was an Edomite Idumean. Right. But uh, as as Josephus notes, all the Idumeans were permitted to stay in that country if they just followed the laws, and they were considered to be Jews after that point. Um, well, well. So you know, then, your contention is that Jacob, the, the children of Jacob, or or Israel, as he was renamed in his struggle with the angel, um, intermarried with the Idumeans around the time you know, maybe about a century before Jesus. Um, so we're, we're saying that it was at that point that the Judeans had this intermarriage. Is that your contention? Well, I believe that the Idumeans moved in wholesale and began to infiltrate positions, um, sort of the way we see, uh, and I don't mean any offense, this is, this is factually uh, evident in the Western world and other uh, political bodies, Jews are disproportionately represented in positions of power and authority throughout the West, etc. Uh, if you look at racial, you know, percentages and demographics and such. So that happened there as well with Roman help. And basically, uh, the Judeans lost their uh, kingship through betrayal immediately uh, under John Hyrcanus, who let them in. John Hyrcanus II, his son, was stabbed in the back and killed. Uh, he was literally killed by them. And then they took over his throne with Roman help. At right. the same okay. time, this happened with Caiaphas. It's a parallel story, but they took over the government, the kingship, 
with Roman help. At the same time, they took over the priesthood with Roman help. And Caiaphas, who then later had Jesus put to death, was also an Idumean infiltrator. And this was something that Jesus warned us about the whole time. This was something that the prophecies told us would happen, uh, you know, way back. In, no, example, I, I don't judges. dispute any of uh, this is also documented in Josephus's book, The Jewish Wars. Uh, as far as the Amalek goes, Amalek first appears in the scriptures while Moses is in the desert, and this tribe attacks the, the rear end of the caravan, which is where children and women, the elderly, the infirm are. And it was, it was in a way, the world's first act of terror. It was seen as so... Uh, violative of the order of the of, of, of society of the logos as the Greeks call it that God commanded the children of Israel to destroy Amalek and wipe them out that they would be you know because they were in a sense engaging in the same sort of sin that led God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah this was a an unnatural destruction of the human human order in human society by engaging in that kind of terrorism well and I, and that it, uh, yeah. go ahead finish your thoughts i just want to add a little point no that's what, yeah and and so what then the, they reappear during the the period of the judges when samuel admonishes king saul for not wiping out amalek and he personally killed the king of the amaleks mm -hmm. uh, amalekites at that time and, but the bottom line is that uh, the Judeans were not successful at completely wiping out the Amalekites. Um, that uh, they only finally reappear in the scriptures in the book of Esther, where Haman, the enemy of the Judeans, who called for the annihilation of the entire Judean people, is described as a son of Amalek, literally. Since then, the rabbis don't, you know, they, they kind of disappeared in terms of who they are, their literal genetic background. And the rabbis of the Talmud basically describe Amalek as more a, um, you know, kind of behavior, like an action that something is that is so violating of the order of the universe, so immoral and so unethical that they are behaving like Amalek. But we don't know literally where the tribe disappeared as i say the last mention of them in the scriptures is haman and of course haman was killed um at the end he was put in the gallows by king ahasuerus so anyways that's that's my understanding of amalek well the the there was a there was sort of a genetic connotation remember in the days of the canaanites uh the, joshua was ordered to leave nothing alive but also in some cases even the animals were be uh, to be destroyed and not consumed and kept i mean uh, Samuel was uh, was rightly upset, and King Saul was replaced with King David, the giant killer, because King Saul refused to, to kill all the giants. And there's this theme right. consistently of this particular bloodline and a doom hanging over it, and it's consistently, you know, doing horrible things, including uh, you know blood sacrifice and and things like that, and waging war against the people of God. And uh, you know, this rivalry goes all the way to the end uh, when you know Obadiah 18 is the final sort of culmination of the House of Esau. But, uh, you know, you, you see uh, mentions of it throughout prophecy. You, mention, you see mentions of it throughout history with, with characters like Josephus and such. And they do sort of disappear. But uh, my argument is essentially that the Jewish people today are 
mostly traced back to Khazaria and also Sephardics from Babylon. And uh, these two groups are what remains uh, in a sort of a diaspora with different colors, because I, I believe they, they come in Latino like AOC, and, and I believe they come in black like Stacey Abrams. But essentially, this bloodline, this tribe is ruling the world. Uh, we can prove that. And they have a religious agenda, which is Talmudic. I think we can prove that. And I think that it goes right back to uh, this bloodline and this seed war uh, against God's people who are actually like, if you look at prophecy, if you look at the descriptions, if you look at, um, you know, where they went and how many they were, et cetera, the blessings they were to have, uh, it can only be Europeans. And America was right there in Leviticus 26, 18. If you simply do the math, 1776, there you have it. But God told us in Judges 2 and other places uh, that we would have a, a deep state, essentially, of these tribes, which Joshua failed to wipe out. He told us that bloodline will be your deep state because yeah, you I failed believe, to actually i i kind of i kind of believe that although i don't think it's particularly jewish but putting that aside i want to stick with the the seed war discussion here i didn't by the way i didn't think of this stacy abrams as being jewish uh, aoc i know has claimed to have some jewish background but i think that's mostly politics she wants to get elected in a jewish district in queens but putting that aside um the children of israel the children of Judea, after the 10 tribes disappeared from the Northern Kingdom um, by at the hand of Sennacherib and, and uh, Akkad, uh, they continued on for another century or so, century and a half. That consisted of, Jude of Judah, Benjamin, and parts of Simon and Levi, as well as other members of the Northern Kingdom, which settled around Jerusalem because of the temple. Um, and they were taken into captivity mostly, or at least they're the large portion of them, the leadership, by Nebuchadnezzar, who is described in Midrash, not so much Talmud, but Midrash, as being half human. You know, maybe he was part of this. He says that he has certain animal elements. They were in captivity along the banks of the Euphrates. They were then released from captivity by Cyrus the Great, who is referred to as a messiah. Um, after he conquered Babylon um, and he issued a decree commanding them to go back to their homeland and to rebuild their temple, a decree that is republished in the book of Ezra, which is part of the Christian canon as well. Uh, Ezra, the scribe, who was the leader, was a very strict Jew. He basically forced all of the Jewish men to divorce their non-Jewish wives. I mean, he really was into this idea of a getting back to the Judean people, uh, even genetically, putting aside religiously. And, and out of that Judean-Persian uh, state would emerge the independent commonwealth under the Hasmoneans, led by Judah Maccabee and eventually by John Hyrcanus. Um, that, that, I think, is part of the Christian canon. I mean, that's standard history. So... I wanted to bring it up to that point. Because so, Ed, yeah, speaking to that then. So Ezra yeah. then, what you were saying there is, is true, but Ezra was specifying certain tribes, and he basically told all of the 12 tribes of Israel, or 13 if you consider the double blessing, whatever, because uh, I always get people that leave comments, there's 12, no, there's 13, you know, whatever. Um, right. All of the tribes of Israel were told to divorce wives from those bloodlines from Canaan basically, the different types of tri giant well, tribes. The, the, at that time, the, the, the 10 tribes had already disappeared. 
they were already taken away but, in but, captivity. Well, as you said, that the ones that had remained, there were different tribes mixed in. But that's right. You know, okay. and then and then you yeah. like right up there to John Hyrcanus, who what you mentioned there is basically where I started a little bit earlier. The John Hyrcanus was one who invited them back in after Ezra said not to. And John Hyrcanus, uh, his son, was killed for it. And then they took over the kingdom with Roman's help. And that's where right. you start to see the infiltration. That's when Jesus comes and says, these are not Israelites. They're, they're the synagogue of Satan. They're the seed of the serpent. They're the generation of vipers. They're the children of Satan, uh, and et cetera. And he keeps reminding us that they're not actually Israelites, as in like uh, John 8, 3, 3 to uh, 4, 4, where they confess on themselves when he's kind of grilling the, the, the Pharisees. And they confess that we were never slaves. Well. Yeah, because they were not slaves in Egypt like the actual Israelites were, but they were of Abraham. And Jesus admits, yeah, you're of Abraham, but you were never slaves like you admit. So it's sort of a riddle, but if you solve the riddle, it's very simple. Uh, they're just Jacob's brother, uh, Israel's brother, Esau's offspring, also of Abraham, but never enslaved. In fact, usually the enslavers. So if you get to this uh, riddle, you see that they were, in fact, infiltrators, and he was calling them out right there. So it's just one consistent story. Uh, first, they were eating us. When they got smaller, they began to infiltrate us and teach us false doctrine. And, you know, in the Bible, it's called the tradition of the elders. Uh, today, we call it the Talmud. Well, let me just pick it up at the point of John Harkanus. John Harkanus, in his quest to increase the power of his small Judean state, especially don't forget this was in Roman times, he did forcibly convert numbers of Idumeans who had lived in the far southern border of Judea. That's a fact of history that's been yep. condemned by the Talmud. They, they said that it was because he, this is the one moment in Jewish history where this happened. It was done, it was a big mistake. And the Talmud says that the punishment for the Jewish people for that mistake was, as you say, the setting up of Herod, who was an Idumean, the son of Antipador, who had been forcibly converted by Hyrcanus, as the head of this puppet Judean kingdom under Roman auspices, and that they did take over a lot of the, uh, the high positions in Judea. Standing in opposition to Herod and to the Sadducees, which was the cult that surrounded Herod were the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees were the religious Jews. The Pharisees were the descent were the followers of Ezra. They were the carriers of the oral and written law. Ezra also set up in Judea a system of schools, of haters, as they call in Hebrew, where young people would learn Torah. And it was a move away from the temple worship, mainly because the temple had been seized by these Sadducees who were not, you know, we don't know a lot about them. I think that you could argue that they might have been, had some intermarriage with the Idumeans. They could have become dominated by the, the Idumeans. But the Pharisees stood up against them. And this created an atmosphere of civil war that eventually resulted in the destruction of the temple. Now, the New Testament has Jesus debating with the Pharisees. I would point out that from a Jewish standpoint, he also praises the Pharisees um, at the beginning of that verse, that the argument between Jesus and the Pharisees was very typical of discussions that happened within Pharisaic circles. You have these fierce arguments over religious matters, 
Um, and this is all throughout the Talmud. And that um, in a way, Jesus was probably a Pharisee himself in that regard, that he debated the Pharisees and that the Pharisees sent out Gamaliel. There's, there's nothing Jesus, exclusively Pharisee no, about this, debate. No, th this is what, well, no, there is. I mean, that's what the Talmud is filled with. And the Pharisees eventually, about 200 years later, and after the defeat of the Bar Kokhba rebellion, they, they codified moral law, which is known as the Talmud, as a way to preserve the covenant because they predicted and they could see that the, uh, the children of Israel, the Judeans, were in for the long haul in terms of losing control of their homeland, losing sovereignty, and it was going to take a long time before they could reassert it. It would take thousands of years, as it turned out. And yet the Talmud would give Jews the guidance for how to continue to conduct, you know, hold on to the moral and ethical precepts of the Torah, how to maintain a separate identity, how to separate themselves from the, the non-Jewish nations of the world, and yet live in the non-Jewish houses of the world. Now, um, my, content, wait a minute, my contention is that thus you had the perhaps an intermarriage of Idumeans, even though that was really discouraged. The Idumeans were never you know, admired in, in Judean circles. I mean, they, they, they did keep them very, themselves very separate. In fact, they were hated, even though they had been forcibly converted. But to the degree that there might have been intermarriage, it was it was probably with this cult of 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 Sadducees that did were the in a sense the deep state under the Romans, and that they were in direct opposition, according to certainly uh, Josephus in the Jewish Wars, with the Pharisees who were the people who were the majority. Hillel the Elder was a Pharisee. These were people who were very spiritual and they were very Jewish and or Judean, as we formally say. And by the way, you, you've made an issue with the word Jew. That, that is an Americanized version of the word Yahud or Judean. It's not a change in the name of the people. It's like, like you would say, it's a shortening. It's like a Serb is really a Serbian, right? Or a, Cro or a Croat is a Croatian, you know? Or a Greek is a up. Grecian. A Jew, a Jew is a Judean. Anyway, so, go go on, Justin. So there's a lot there to respond to. Uh, first of all, um, Jesus rebuked the the tradition of the elders in Scripture, which was not yet published as the Talmud today, because it's basically the opposite of Scripture. It's it's Satan's commentary. It's Babylon's anti-Bible on Scripture, and it undoes not just the top ten commandments, but it allows things like bestiality, sorcery, pedophilia, etc. So the the Talmud is essentially Satan's anti-Bible. Uh, Jesus was, was certainly not a Pharisee, but he, he called them children of Satan. He said they can't go to heaven. He called them the synagogue of Satan numerous times, etc. And he rebuked them. He baited them. He mocked them. He uh, corrected them. He ignored them, uh, etc. So you, you, you've had uh, certainly a tradition of debate, but I wouldn't say that's Pharisaic. Um, there is a direct opposition today between sort of atheistic left-wing Jews and right-wing Jews. Uh, in, for example, conservative media, because they dominate conservative media, for example, like Breitbart, et cetera, uh, Gateway Pundit, et cetera. However, um, not when it comes to exposing the, the sort of collective uh, common denominator of, of evil or the root, as I call it, not the branches of evil. So they never actually expose who's behind all the evil. And in fact, they censor such things. So, uh, you know, it's just a it goes back to the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, what the secret societies say that they pass down. Uh, it's the 
left hand versus the right. It's always been that way. So the Sadducees versus the Pharisees would be no exception. It would be just the the norm following itself. And the words uh, the word Jew was invented fifteen almost after Jesus. Uh, that word has no actual connection to Yahudim. It was basically injected in later and edited in. So the Yahudim would still be under the same law, Ezra said, they could not have mixed with the Canaanite tribes. In fact, Israelites cannot be mixed by the law, which is eternal. Uh, they have to fulfill all the prophecies. Uh, they are a numerous people, uh, 12 or 13 different nations, not a single nation that just calls itself Israel, uh, et cetera. So if you actually look at the physical descriptions, the prophecies by the hundreds, et cetera, the only people on earth who can be the lost tribes of Israel are Europeans, Americans, and the UK. Mm-hmm. Again, right back to Leviticus 26, 18, where it tells you UK and America right there by date. I haven't done all the math on all the other European starting dates, but those two check out exactly. Okay, look, I mean, I want to get into that because I actually think that there is some validity to this theory, which was developed in late 19th century Britain. It's known as British Israelism, as far as I know, where the the, the concept an, is that... That's one big ten, branch. Right. But the point is that they articulated the idea, and I don't think it can be dismissed out of hand, that the the 10 tribes that disappeared under the Assyrian captivity made their way to Europe where they developed the modern European nations, Germany, France, Spain, Britain, maybe some of the Scandinavian nations. I've I've looked into this a bit. I think it's very interesting. Like, for example, the word Denmark comes from the tribe of Dan, according to these theories and that the tribe of Dan would leave its name and a tendency to name places as it traveled. Like the tribe of Dan eventually, even during the 10 tribe period, settled in the very northern region in what today in Israel is called Batula, the town of Batula, where they named the town Dan. And thus they worked their way across the Danube, the Dnieper, the Dnester, the Don, all these rivers, until they ended up in Denmark. I think that that's a reasonable theory. I'm not saying I endorse it. I'm just saying that it can be argued that the, that is the 10 tribes. However, the tribe of Judea or Judah remained conscious of who they were. They remained conscious of their mission. As I said, the word Jew is just a, a shortened version of Judean. It's not a change. It's uh, the Judeans are of the tribe of Judah. I mean, in fact, in even in Israel today, as part of one of the Zionist movements, was young Judea. It's a Judea, we're a Judean people. I mean, the word Jew, again, it's like the word Greek is a shortening of the word Grecian, which is the formal name. Or as I said, I mean, you could, it's just a, we're talking about a semantic development. And in a way, it's an English translation. I mean, Germany is not Germany, it's a Deutschland. We, we disagree on this one, but. We do, we do. Yeah. In English, we call it Germany, but it's actually the word for it is Deutschland. My point is that these are anglicized terms that are not the same in in, in the biblical. And in Judaism and in Hebrew, there is no sound for J. It's Yahud. I mean, there's no J in Hebrew. Even today, in mod, even in modern Hebrew, they don't have a J. It's there all... Was never- which is to the point, there was never the word Jew in original Bibles. No, uh, but, but the word Jew is an Americanized, anglicized version. There, there, of there was no America when the, the word Jew was invented. Well, well I think uh, the, the word Judean is Yahudi. It's just, it's I just understand American, the argument. English, 
It's an the English pronunciation of the word it, of, of the word Yahud. It's an oversimplified um, deception at the end of the day. But basically, Rome helped do a couple of things to the Bible. One, and they were using the corrupted Masoretic text anyway. But one, they took Yahweh's name out, God's name out, and they put the Lord in over six thousand times. Two, they put right. Yahudim and Judean, and they they switched that with Jew. And this confused the issue of nationality and bloodline, just like saying American and Nemos, and then replacing that with uh, new. And it just doesn't make any sense, or pew, or, or some other okay. variant. Let, so it just doesn't make any about... sense, and it confuses those two. But right back to John Hyrcanus and the Ijumean sort of infiltration, what Ezra mm -hmm. tried to prevent, and then what Jesus warned about immediately afterwards. All right, but to just, you know, once again, just briefly talk about the uh, Judean if that was changed, you know, and by the way, the, uh, the term Yahweh is, is forbidden in Jewish law, not because we are, we don't believe in God, but because it, it anthropomorphizes God by giving God a name. It makes it into a, like a person. You, you get this image of this. God has a name. I know he does, but the point is we don't intone it because to do so is it's stepping disrespectful. into. That's well, what they it's, argue. Not, it's not so much disrespectful, but it steps into the area that Eve violated in the Garden of Eden. It's like we're going to know all things. We're going to be like God in heaven. It, it's it's an attempt to try to strip away the mystery of the creator of the universe, which it, which, wait a minute, which is partially unknowable. So you're not supposed to intone a name for what is what is, what was, what will be, the, the, the creator of the universe, the giver of the law. That's a Jewish tradition. We That's don't a confusing have... false doctrine. No, it's, I understand. It's, it's quite, I don't think it's confusing at all. I totally God, God, understand it. Yahweh gave us his, his name to use and wants us to use it. It's disrespectful to not use his name. It's disrespectful well, to call him anything other than that in prayer. But okay. that's the disagreement, right? Well, you and I have a theological disagreement about that because the word Yahweh is just a way to phonetically pronounce the four letters that connote it, God. But back to the, the point. The, the hey, da, and it's not really a real word. Now, you and I aren't going to agree on that. That's a Christian Jewish argument. I think fine. we have yeah. to. Yeah, because neither but the scriptures us, were uh, changed. The scriptures were changed. Right. That's, that's and I the wanted point. To talk Over 6,000 times that the actual, name was removed the actual from the original. Torah, no, the actual Torah itself was not changed. What was changed was the Septuagint, which was a translation into Greek. That there was change. That happened under Ptolemy, who was a Greek king the, of you know, Alexander's general who ruled All Masoretics. Egypt. Yeah, all Masoretics were also edited. Well, the point is that he changed it. He had a council of people who translated the Torah from Hebrew into Greek. And in the process of that translation, there <laughs> were a lot of changes. And the fact that that was done is a day of mourning in Jewish circles because we understood that once you took took the Torah out of its original Hebrew, it would lose certain meanings. It would change certain meanings because, like for example, the word um, the word blasphemy doesn't exist in the Torah. It was put in because of the Septuagint. In the Torah, it has more to do with holiness, being closer to God, or being away from God. It's not this thing, you know, where, where, where you're, you know, you're condemned. That became a thing under the Greek translation. And then the Greek translation was translated into Latin by the early Catholic Church, the Vulgate, 
And then the Vulgate was translated into English by the King James Committee. And each time the translation took place, you had subtle changes in the meaning. But the original text in the Torah that you see in the synagogue, the two scroll, the scroll, that is immutable. That was created according to rabbinic tradition at Sinai. But even if you don't accept that, it was created in the time of the kings. It was created in the time of Josiah when he upheld the scroll in the temple just before, about 50 years before the Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple. And also Ezra, after he returned, he upheld a scroll to thousands of people who assembled when they dedicated the second temple and read from it. And, and since then, these schools that they set up, these cheders, would study the scroll and would do portions of the scroll. And that's been done every single Shabbos from that time till today without a single interruption. It's an extraordinary thing. I mean, in Judaism, there has not been a day that's gone by since the day of creation, the day of Adam. Well, I suppose it couldn't have happened in Adam and Eve's time, but- Let's go back to the where, point too. Where you didn't have 10 circumcised bar mitzvah Jewish men come together and read Torah. And this is called a minion. That is something, it's almost miraculous that this has See, occurred without interruption not a single day since creation. That's and, part of where you get into this idea of the chosen people, but that's that's a whole different subject. Anyway, and, go and, and, and this issue of the tradition of the elders, the commandments of men being taught in place of God's commandments is exactly what Jesus came to rebuke. Um, but anyway, I would, I would argue just briefly that all of the Masoretics were corrupted. We have to go back to the originals, including the Dead Sea Scrolls, et cetera, where people did use God's name and they had other things, et cetera, like the Book of Enoch still included. Uh, and other subtle things that were changed, like Holy Spirit to Holy Ghost in modern versions. But rather than getting into like the Bible, the, yeah. the Bible, yeah, well, the, Rome helped to do all of this, and Rome controlled some but of this they, stuff but for they a long did time. Not, but they didn't touch the Hebrew and, text. And in fact, they, 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 they killed the Greek text. They, well, the Hebrew Masoretics were already corrupted, but they, they killed 50 million people by some estimates for daring to read or translate the Bible. You know, believers. That's what right. Rome did. No, Rome, Rome, including Rabbi Akiva, who was flayed, Satan's church. They had this flesh flayed off of them because he um, was overheard studying Torah. No, the, so the, the, uh, the, that's what the Bar Kokhba rebellion to, was all about. To continue on some other things there, I want to basically just quote uh, a couple things uh, in say yeah. Encyclopedia Judaica, a couple of different places and uh, the World Jewish Federation spokesman, Gerald Soman. Now he's starting off with Gerald Soman there from the World Jewish Federation. He said, quote, no one can deny that the Jews are a most unique and unusual people. That uniqueness exists because of their Edomite heritage. We cannot be English Jews. We are a race, and only as a race can we perpetuate. Our mentality is of Edomitish character and differs from that of an Englishman, end quote. And you can see quotes in the encyclopedia like, quote, Edom is in modern Jewry, end quote. Mm -hmm. Or, quote, Jews began to call themselves Hebrews and Israelites in 1860, end quote. Or, quote, strictly speaking, it is incorrect to call an ancient Israelite a Jew or to call a contemporary Jew an Israelite or a Hebrew, end quote. Um, and this is from various editions from 1925, 1971, 1980 of the okay. Judea, uh, Jew, uh, Jewish Encyclopedia or the Encyclopedia Judaica or the Jewish Almanac, as it were. So, you know, this is from Jewish sources and Jewish words from Jewish leaders, um, Jewish scholars, and they're admitting that they're Edom. 
and that they are not actually Israelites and that they have a different well, character. And we can go to other sources in the same we, and, we could, and but what I would show hatred. Is, what, I, what I would suggest from the Jewish encyclopedia, and I don't know a lot about it, I have a feeling that it was probably written by and edited by so-called progressive Jews, Jews that might be part of the Sabadian conspiracy, frankly. It's a big subject. We don't need to necessarily get into that. But conventional Judaism does not hold that Judaism, Jews are descended from Edomites. They held that the Romans are Edomites. The Talmud calls Rome Edom. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that either, but I'm simply saying that the idea the, the, is that... Wait the Torah calls Jews Edom. Uh, we have somebody who's joining us here. You want, you want to show a display? Okay. Yeah, I would like to share this image, basically, yeah, and, and get your thoughts on it. But basically, I would argue in, in, in rebuttal to that is that the Torah says that Jews are Edom or Amalek. The Torah says that the Jews are Edom? Quite clearly. I, I, I don't think so. I'd have to see that. The Torah says Edom is Edom, the enemy the, of the Jew, of the Israelites. No. Torah says that the Israelites were infiltrated by Edom pretending to be Judeans, but were the yeah, bloodline but, of Satan. So so the can you show me the quote where the Torah says that the Jews were infiltrated by Edom? Well, we can go back to, for example, like Ezra, where you were pointing out earlier. I think it's in Ezra 9, and that's where you get right. witch tribes. And in Ezra 10, he says, I think, if I'm correct in memory, Ezra 10, to put off those wives from those tri those no, tribes. I, mean, I, I suppose, look, as I think about it, sure, there were people who converted into Judaism that, that were Canaanites. We could point to, for example, the Gideonites, who um, they tricked, uh, they tricked um, J uh, Joshua. By, uh, and so he allowed them to continue there. So, yeah, they didn't defeat the entire Canaanitish nation. Uh, this brings me to a contention with regard to the British-Israelite theory that you've embraced. And again, I'm not completely dismissing it. But the Northern Kingdom, the 10 tribes of the North, when the, you had the division after the death of Solomon and his son Rehoboam, they their king Jeroboam established Baal worship in the north. And he did it because he didn't want to see the 10 tribes going to Jerusalem for the temple services around the tabernacles and other customs. So he set up places of worship in Shechem and in Dan, in the very northern part of the country. And those were worshipers of Baal and Asherah, which is a, a, a female fertility god. And uh, there's a scene in the prophet Elijah and Elisha, where Elijah takes on all of these priests of Baal on the on the slopes of Mount yeah. Carmel, right? yeah. which Love is in the scene. northern kingdom. And also the king of, of Israel, Ahab, took on a Sidonian wife, Jezebel, one of the villains of the of the book of Kings. She was of the Canaanite tribe. The the, the Sidonians were Canaanites. The uh, the the historical name for the Sidonians is the Phoenicians, and they went on to establish Carthage. They were, you know, they, they were part of what you would call, uh, you know, these uh, these giant people. I mean, they were, uh, you know, the Amaleks, the Amalekites. I don't know if they were directly associated with him and his tribe, but they were generally a part of the same group that intermarried with Esau. And they had, they, you know, given these facts that Jezebel and her marriage to Ahab 
and the the existence of these hundreds of Baal priests in Mount Carmel and throughout Israel, and that that Baal worship became the religion of the Northern Kingdom. I think that it's probably more likely that there was intermarriage there than there was with the Judeans who kept separate and who continued to worship God and continued to have their temple in Jerusalem. Not perfectly, because you had King Manasseh who was evil, but nevertheless, they kept themselves separate from the Northern Kingdom and from the Baal uh, worship. So, you know, if, if what you're saying is true, therefore, which is that the British Israelites moved into Europe, they had as much an issue of intermarriage with the Canaanites as did the Southern tribes. Well, every continent basically had a story of killing the giants in their local region under different names. And, uh, right. you know, we fee fi fo fum it basically means uh, I yeah. see food sufficient for my hunger, good to eat. And that was a real term in ancient Gaelic. And somebody probably heard that before they got eaten at some point by a right. giant. Um, and that stuff was all real. Every history, every mythology, every uh, every pagan belief system, including uh, the real belief system of scripture, uh, all basically record some variation of cannibalistic giant demigods waging war against mankind or ruling over us or enslaving us or breeding with us and their bloodline, etc. So, um, so you know, and they uh, were not Jews. Now, well, I would say that they they were, but you know, we were not warned about Israelites pretending to be Israelites. We're warning about false Judeans pretending to be Judeans with the synagogue of Satan, and that's in Old Testament. That's in New Testament. It's a consistent warning of infiltration of people trying to get in who are not of the bloodline, who can never be of the bloodline, who don't meet the qualifications, who are not part of the prophecies, who are not like pure blood at all, etc. Who are pretending to be and trying to lead us with the tradition of the elders, which they have written down as the Talmud. Yeah, but Dustin, with but all it has nothing to do with God. You're sidestepping an issue that I'm asking about here, which is what do you make of my contention, if we want to talk seed war and bloodlines, of the infiltration of the Canaanites into the 10 tribes of Israel that would make up Europe? And oh. on top of that, I would ask you, don't you think it's a possibility that these 10 tribes arriving in Europe and establishing their civilization, assuming this hypothesis is true, which I don't, but, you know, for the sake of argument, why would you therefore not assume that they didn't intermarry with some of these native mm. tribes as well? What Fair about enough. the Druids yeah. of England? I mean, they were, they were apparently, uh, you know, into cannibalism and all kinds of horrendous sure. ritual. Yeah. I mean, Okay, well, you, you, you see, you do see examples of that on a limited basis. And I mean, I could point to mythologies like um, Grendel and Beowulf, where uh, mm -hmm. some monster has a mutant baby and that mutant baby starts killing people and some hero rises up against it. There's right. a lot of stories like that in pretty much every language you can think of. However, um, yes, it did happen. Giants were, were sort of rapey and powerful and they could at some point take women and force themselves on them. But they were numerically inferior and essentially they were overcome in great battles in various, uh, you know, recorded stories and mythologies at this point, like the Furbog were defeated, I think, in Ireland or Scotland, or what, I think in Ireland, etc. And these are these are stories that have a basis in reality, but they seem like myth now because these far out characters and events and giants, right? Well, giants are also in the Bible all over the place and it's a consistent pattern all over the world. So it's just something that has been hidden from us. But yes, there was interbreeding. Uh, however, uh, up until ba basically like uh, 
1900s, I think, in some countries, uh, white nations had racial purity laws for the most part everywhere. And other than the Islamic conquest, uh, basically jihad turning Europe browner, you didn't see a lot of in intermarrying uh, within Christianity or within, before that, the tribes. Uh, I would argue that the tribes of Israel became Christians and just basically had a new name as prophecy dictated. Okay. I mean, I, I would just make the case that if we're going to talk about DNA here and seed wars, those tribes were at least as corrupted by intermarriage with the Canaanites as were the Southern Judeans. Um, yeah, and, and sure. That, and that, by the way, Israel, the Judeans, in, well, that's uh, happening today also with, with the massive immigration. You're seeing white people decline as a percentage in white nations. Europe, I mean, uh, te Texas is 40 percent uh, native white American now. Right. And so, that, the, that the, the New York Times yeah. article about the so-called Great Replacement, which is a term that was coined by the New York Times and they were praising yeah. it, says that this country will be a minority majority country by the year 2030. That's a political question. But the point yeah. I want to get back to the it's, fact it's you a say consistent that, tactic used throughout time by I, satan's children I, I agreed and yes by satan's children fine um did you, you say that the european nations had racial purity laws for many many centuries so didn't the jewish people i would point out that the jewish people if you married a non-jew you um, would be out of the system i mean this is the that very cannot careful. be true because there's pretty it much no true. pure blood true there's pretty much no, no, no pure blood no, no, at you Jews, today they're well, actually but the point, famously be, mixed. There's, there's famously no pure, mixed. There, look, there's no pure-blooded anybody today. There's pure-blooded the whites all over the place. I, yeah. Well, we could, I would just... Distinct, distinct tribes that have their own racial makeups that all came from Jacob Israel, but still have very distinct racial well, profiles and everything that, else. But, uh, I mean, a, a so, Nord is so very different from an Irishman, for example. That's right. And a Jew is very different than a non-Jew in many ways. But, but Jews are very but, mixed and you cannot be a mixed no, I would, Judean. I would suggest that they are, they are not as mixed as you portray. But yeah, there's some intermarriage. And Jews, by the way, do welcome converts from time to time. So yes, you know, you ha and that there are Jews who become Christian, by the way, and fairly large numbers, particularly during the the uh, Counter Reformation period, but when the, you had the uh, not the Jesuits, but the um, that confuses this the, issue. Though. The Franciscans, who had a major outreach to Jews and a fairly successful one, I note, in that you had many thousands of Jews convert to Christianity and meld into the Christian populations of Western Europe. So you know you have that going on on both sides. The point but, is that in Judaism. We do have certain, and I'm not here to defend this, but there is a certain emphasis on ancestry, like, for example, the Kohanes and the Levites can trace their ancestry back to Moses. My family, no the, Moscow, the Moskowitz family, son of Moses, my wife's family, they're Kohanes. There's you know, no evidence there's, for that. There's a lot of evidence of it. There's genetic evidence of it. There's none, I, and I know, would... The, no, the real Judean you, tribe is still out there, unmixed and pure, because they have a part to play in prophecy. Well, look, at as I said, we, we there's been some intermarriage in every generation. There's been some conversion in every generation. There's, there's been a falling away, a percentage, uh, but you've always had a pure racial stock of Israelites, which cannot be mixed by law. Well, I would also argue that there's a pure, and, and if, if we must we talk, as distasteful as it may be, to discuss race in today's context, we are talking race here. And exactly, so if, yeah. we're, if we're going to talk race, I would suggest that there's 
Judaism, you know, yes, there's been some intermarriage, but we are still relatively pure. Now, I want to go to your issue of the Khazars, because I've heard a lot of people on the internet lately, people who are not, let's just say, predisposed favorably <laughs> to Jews, use call us Khazarians and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. The Khazars were a, a medieval Turkic people who maintained a nomadic, semi-nomadic uh, state in between the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea. This was in the... Uh, Major empire, huge empire. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But very kind of a loose confederation, in a way very typical and similar to the empire that was established by the Mongols under Genghis Khan. It was a loose collection. They didn't have any major cities. It tended to be nomadic. It was violent, not a good place. Um, and it tended to be religiously tolerant, as was Genghis Khan, by the way, in that you had Christians, Jews, Muslims, and once once Islam took over um, the, the area that had previously been Christian, they were involved. And um, according to the Khuzari, which is the primary source on the history of the Khazars, written by Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, who, by the way, was a Zionist and who made Aliyah to Israel at the end of his life, where he was slaughtered, where he was killed at the gates of Jerusalem. That book is still very definitive in Judaism, very respected, and it's a beautiful book to read. I've read it. He talks about the king of the Khazars inviting delegates from Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, Muslim, and Jew to come and make a presentation as he considered which religion to embrace. And according to these legends, he embraced Judaism. Now, the likelihood of his court, Judaism being coming and the mass conversion of the Khazaris to Judaism is not really likely. And I'll tell you where the evidence lies that shows that it did not happen. Firstly, the language, because it's been said that the Ashkenazis actually came from Khazaria and they settled in Poland. The uh, history shows that the bulk of, of Polish Jews, Ashkenazis, came from Western Europe when they were expelled and they were welcomed into the country by Kazimir the Great, who was the last Catholic Piast king of Poland. They were expelled from Khazaria. Well, that's, a, that, that's something that's there's not as much known about that, but they were, we know they were expelled from, that's, wait a minute. It, it was in prophecy we, as well. We do know that they were expelled from Western Europe and that they were welcomed by King Kaz, uh, Kazimir. That's modern history. They say that he had a Jewish prostitute, fine, whatever, how, whatever reason. He welcomed the Jews and they settled there en masse. And by the way, Poland at that time included half of Ukraine. It included, uh, you know, Lithuania, Belarus. It was a huge country back then. And uh, the two pieces of evidence that I would point to that the, 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 uh, the Ashkenazis are descended from them. First of all, the name Ashkenazi means German in the Bible. Secondly, the language that they spoke, Yiddish, is a Germanic language. It has very few Turkic words in it. It has a few. And I'm not saying that there aren't... Uh, Ashkenaz is not of Israel, by the way. So no, it's the yeah, wrong bloodline. Ash Ashkenaz is the Hebrew name for the region that we now call Germany. Ashkenaz is a person in the Bible. Right. And his, uh, his name was affixed to the region of Ger Europe called Germany. And Just then like, the people from Kazaria came in and started to call themselves the 
Judeans who say they are but are not, but do lie, or no, the no, Germans no, the actual, who say well, they are but are not, but do lie, or the Americans who say they are but are not, but do lie. It's a consistent pattern. They came from Kazaria. They invaded the Western nations. They got kicked out over 100 times for eating babies. First of all, they came, according to modern history, they went from Western Europe into Poland at the invitation of Casimir the Great. And they've the been kicked out of Poland, too. Fine. Those, that's a looting operation, but we could get into that. In a no, minute. you don't get looted 109 times and accused of eating babies. That, that we also have we, we have Jews crawling well, out of Chabad let, let, tunnels I'm, I'm, and yeah, sewers I'm, right now in New York. Oh, that's, with bloody that's, soiled that's, mattresses in the tunnels. No, that, we know a, that this is part of the Jewish religion. That's that's We've a proven nothing. This. That's a nothing burger. But I want to get the, the Kazarian Tamga. Their symbol is the same as the Moloch sigil. It's the same as the Ukrainian crest today under Jewish rule. It's the same thing Ukraine, over and over again throughout Ukraine, history. I'll talk about Ukraine, but I want to finish my my point about the Khazars. The language of Yiddish is a Germanic language. It is mostly similar, and you can ask any German speaker, to medieval German with some French in it, some uh, Hebrew in it, and some Slavic words in it. Mm -hmm. uh, linguistically, there's very little connection between Yiddish and- It's the language of, of Kazaria. Yiddish was basically the language of Kazaria. That's completely unproven. Kazaria no, it's words, not. Were the Kazarians a Turkic people, according to even the, the people who don't wish me well? They say that the, the Kazarians were a Turkic people who allegedly converted to Judaism. A Turkic people are not going to speak a Germanic language. They speak a Turkic language. Well, they, so, they later came to Germany and basically started to add things from German language into Yiddish. That's what they did because they kept moving to different countries as they were kicked out for eating babies. Well, first of all, the Khazarians disappeared because of the Mongols who invaded that region and took over. No, the, the Rus kicked them out, the Ukrainian so the, people the, okay, that live so there. The, the Kievian oh. Rus, fine. And they yeah. were Christian. They were Viking, actually, in ancestry. And, and Oleg they kicked them out. And yeah, then they began they probably, the long wandering. They probably destroyed Khazaria. I mean, that and then eventually, I but, think, the Mongols... That's a major point in history because that's what started the so-called long wandering where Jews did not have a nation of their own to call home and you know, woe is me no, that's, because that's they kept getting kicked out. That's historically inaccurate. They that's were Jews, what began it. The Jews of, were invited into France or Francia by Charlemagne, who in the year 800, he- Why didn't they stay to, home? I'll tell you why. They came they from were kicked Babylon. out. No, they came from Babylonia to France because Charlemagne wanted to bring people who had learning, who knew how to read, who had education, who had culture. He also invited the Catholic priests from Ionia to come in for the same reason. He wanted to have a modern empire. Many so made, made that mistake of inviting them. So he invited the Jews to come in. He wanted them to bring the Talmud. Colonymous, who was a Jew, brought jewish learning into france and he brought jewish people into france that was the beginning not and then the revolution into france as well which was also oh, a jewish a controlled that, that revolution happened, that happened about much a thousand, later a thousand years later 500 years later but, but the they were kicked out of that, france i think numerous times in that interlude yeah, period the point but is then they that came the, back and infiltrated and they were over. invited they were invited into france from babylonia and they also had always lived in rome the Roman Jewish community goes back to the days of Sephardics. Yeah, they go and and Spain, and 
they basically began to settle in the Rhine Valley at yeah, that time. That, which is now, why I don't focus overly on the Khazaria thing, because it is other groups also. But the Khazaria well, the group point is, is that Edom. That, the, 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 that may be biblically, but the point is that the, the Jews, the Ashkenazi Jews, historically came from the Rhine Valley where they had settled and they had begun to settle at the behest of Charlemagne. They are the ones who were kicked out of France and they moved to Poland. That is historic. Why were the Jews kicked out? Wait a minute. Why were the Jews kicked out of so many countries? I would argue that it was a looting operation because they would make money, they would become successful, and the new king would basically confiscate their property and kick them out. It's the same reason why the British kicked out the Catholic Church. It was a looting operation. If that were the case, we would have kicked out uh, the Rothschilds today and just kept all of our money and told the central banks that we're not going to well, pay back. I'll tell you, I'll tell that's you not actually. And, and, and by the way, that is usually what happens if there was a revolution around finances. It was because of Jewish usury, which was uh, immoral and illegal and led to things like revolutions. And we see things like the stock crash, uh, the 1913 Federal Reserve Act, et cetera as examples of why uh, people would kick out this sort of activity and why they should probably uh, reclaim those stolen assets from the people uh, and nationalize these banks. However, most of the cases were, in fact, blood sacrifice of children uh, like St. Simon of Trent. Yeah, I was going to mention St. Simon of Trent. Um, That was a case that you had Jews who were forced to admit that they had done this because they were tortured. And then right after they admitted, they were all murdered. Um, I think that the you know, if you take a look at how that case was decided, it's a little bit questionable. There were I mean, dozens of cases like it with guilty verdicts yeah, after people's babies turned up full of holes. No, there was not dozens of cases. And that's something that's completely crazy. Yes, there is. Do you think that Jews killed babies? I'm saying Just they still do it today as part of their religion. Yes, it's in Talmudic. It says to kill Goy. Show that's me us. where in the Talmud it says to kill babies. It says now, to look, kill... Goy, a, all of us, even the no, best boy is deserving me, of show death. Me where, show me where that's in the Talmud. It says even the best boy is deserving of death. I'll no, pull it up as you talk. Look, I am not a student of Talmud. I'll acknowledge that. I'm just starting. Erubin, Erubin 21b. Um, let's see. I, I don't believe it. Justin, uh, listen. Sanhedrin I, I, 57a. Yeah, that it says to kill um, babies. I don't think so. Well, you're talking about the, death for the, the goy and not yeah, for the Jews and, and in look, double you and standards, I, essentially. What, what I'll say about this, about the Talmud, because I'm not an expert, I've begun to study it and I realize that I'm, maybe it's because I'm too old and because I'm on certain paths, I don't have the patience for Talmudic study. It's a very intense thing. You have to go deep and you can spend a whole year talking about whether or not the, the, the fruit should have been on this side of the cart versus that well, I get side. that you don't want to talk about it because it's No, evil. I am talking about it right now. And it's not evil. The Talmud reflects the Torah. The Talmud it does not reflect the Torah. It is I the disagree. total opposite no, of the Torah. Not, well, I can give you examples. I, I'm only mentioning this because neither you or I are experienced enough to talk about or understand oh, the yes. Talmud. Oh, yes, I am. I, Talmud, I can tell you 10 examples right here off the top of my head where they are the yeah, opposite you're, morals. You're, you're completely Sodomy, child sacrifice, cursing parents, enchanting, bestiality, harlotry, blasphemy, requiring to keep vows, and murder. So that's eight right there where the opposite is said in the Talmud from what God's own word, Yahweh's own word says. It's okay Justin, to rape look, kids, kill as, people, and commit sorcery yeah, and bestiality as, and all this other stuff in the Talmud. I can give you specific quotes if you like. 
I reject that. I think that you're misinterpreting the Talmud. You don't, we don't know. Neither one of us really know how to read. The I can Talmud. quote it. Sanhedrin yeah, but, 54b. But even, if one can sodomy with a child of less than nine years, you, no guilt is incurred. That means yeah, raping he, kids is okay. No, even if you did quote it, it still does not mean it, you have to you have to have somebody explain how that. No, I don't. Context. That's evil. I don't need yeah, explanation. No, that, I'm a smart has, guy. And my yeah, and my understanding is that that sort of a thing. Raping kids that, bad. Yeah, that kind of. Well, first of all, I don't believe it says raping kids. I don't believe if that one committed sodomy with a child of less than nine years, no guilt is incurred. This says if you rape a child anally, it's nothing. It's not a crime. Yeah, I don't believe no that's guilt. an atonement. I'm sorry. Sanhedrin 54b. I don't believe it. We'll have to, you know, maybe you and I can do an, another show. Look it up. I'll look, I yeah. will look it up. We don't have time right now because we're doing a live show here. But I don't believe the Talmud endorses any of that. That's Here's an amber alert. It, it does. An amber alert? Yeah, it goes I, off I mean, my phone as we talk about that, ironically. Ironically, yeah. I suppose the Jews are now coming, right? Anyways, well, uh, out of the sewers, <laughs> apparently in New York. That's that's a big that's a nothing. I mean, there are there are tunnels under Chabad. There are soiled mattresses, baby pee pee pads covered in blood, no, and adjustable high chairs coming out of those tunnels. And no, it that, is that, bad. They, it's because they keep children, and it's not bad. They, in tunnels, mothers, yeah, mothers are down there taking care of their children. In now, tunnels filled with yeah, dust well, and, and debris. Well, first of all, it's not tunnels. The, uh, at, at Orthodox, under the street at, to a child's museum's bathroom. Yeah, Orthodox, uh, the the Chabad movement. They it's keep bad, these, Charles. I I just I don't think so. I mean, hey, we'll the, the, the rabbis wanted it filled in too, and then the young guys yeah. didn't want it filled in. Well, so they apparently that's, that's because uh, yeah. they. I think it was the bottom line is that you find these guilt. under you find these underground places in Chabad Lubavitcher synagogues because that's where people go to do mikvah and to daven and they might have expanded it probably during the pandemic because let's not forget oh the chabad movement rejected the pandemic restrictions and they tunnel gate they fought against that it's yeah, called you know what gate. you you and i we we might revisit this at another time because i don't think there's anything to that i'm not Blood libel is real yeah i can prove yeah, that i'm not i'm not trying to back away from it because if there was something going on there we, we'd have Jewish to scholars, even Jewish scholars admit, like Ariel Toaf, that this stuff happens, that Jews put blood of children, Christian children primarily, in their meatballs. Jewish scholars admit that? Like who? Ariel Toaf. Who's that? Renowned Jewish scholar. Who wrote blood Our, what's his name again? I mean, I don't... Hello, I, the French, I can't, I can't pronounce the French, but it's blood Passover in English. Ariel Toaf. Yeah, I'd have to see who wrote that, because this is the old blood libel against the Jews. It's, it's real. Been used, it's been, been found used guilty. Not so. It's been used to persecute In courts. Jews. Yeah, the, the, after someone's been tortured near death. It's 109 times. <clears throat> it's oh, not I'm sure just... That, <clears throat> I'm sure that it's you, probably more than that. The number If, if a child were, rapist move in next door and they were on like a list that said, I have to report I'm a child rapist and I raped 109 times and I, it didn't really happen. I'm just on the list because they, they were corrupt. Who are, Who's going to believe that? Listen, Dustin, this, I would argue, is the, it's the blood libel against the Jewish people. And it's, it's but it's correct. An enormous the Jewish people have caused the, the blood Jews. libel against the Jewish people. No, I mean, there's no the, blood libel in Judaism. Anti-Semitism is, is caused by false Semitism, basically. I mean, Jews are not no, actually Semites. Anti-Semitism is caused by envy and by fear and ignorance. There's there no envy. No, the Jews are not involved in any kind of 
it's when blood, they force bloodletting of, of children. That's just they, false. they're behind the porn in our in our cultures proudly. In fact, a rabbi owns porn. Some Jews, yeah, they're, that's they're right. behind. I, mean, I, I heard they're behind Michael, the transgenderism. Mentioned that transgenderism that in the there schools. Some Jews, there right some out of the Jews Talmud, who, eight plus so. genders in the Talmud. That, yep. that I've heard you that's, know something that, that's taught me, out of the me, Talmud. Me, I can keep me, going, but their yeah, culture let, is poisoning us, and that's why no, people become me, Nazis. Let me address that. I have actually heard ultra liberal Jews make that claim about the Talmud having eight genders. That's a, a hoax. There's no eight genders in the Talmud. I can show you Jews teaching it. I'm yeah, ultra liberal communist Jews. No, just, you know, Orthodox who are, Jews who no, are Orthodox in courtrooms are not, and in, and also in school meetings, etc local community meetings uh defending a teaching, this stuff a teaching that there's eight sexes in the talmud no yeah and they're, the they're defending this as a jewish tradition and that's something that needs to be protected and not outlawed they're out there defending it they're the front line basically the only people defending it in these meetings yeah, with the schools with the community rabbis? Centers, et yeah rabbis and orthodox jews as well it hits you from both sides and talmud I'd like to see the orthodox uh, jews doing the, that i mean the talmud would, is why we have this in no, schools. No. I would agree with you that ultra liberal communistic Jews want to extract that from the Talmud. They I've don't quote myself. the Talmud. They don't know. They they're quoting what's there. They're quoting and these, it completely these out of context. Found guilty. A book, a, a, a book, a book with context, without context. It says evil things like rape kids. Okay, a tradition it where they've done it 109 kids. times, and they've done it. They found found guilty. It, they I'm found sorry. bodies of little babies full of holes 109 Not almost so. times Not over so. history. Not by Jews. Found guilty, 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 etc. Over and over. No. So why does it keep happening? Know. Because as the scriptures say, these are demons. They're not of of human stock. They're the Nephilim. They worship Satan. They they invoke their demonic ancestors with blood rituals. They sacrifice babies, even their no own babies, rituals. to Baal. And cannibal cannibalism, the word cannibalism comes from the Canaanite Baal priests, yeah, sacrificing the babies and eating the babies. I mean, but the, the, Judaism, the Judaism is an antichrist flavor of Satanism, essentially. Well, we don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah, but we're not bow they're not worshiping idols i mean the, the whole but, but you do you, you, you refuse to say yahweh's to name you pray to hashem you pray to hashem which is asmodeus well first of all hashem is just asmodeus that's asmodeus hashem is asmodeus in translation you're praying to a demon rather than to yahweh the no, god no, you the refuse word, to speak word, his name no, and the there's a lot of other doctrinal issues in there where we can point out that judaism has nothing to do with the torah the it's word a hashem, lie. the word hashem means the name means asmodeus uh, well you and i disagree on that my understanding hashem means name it's simply because we don't intone the name of god because we view that as idol worship if you're going to start to name god like a person with a name that removes the divine nature of the creator of the universe only things that can be named are things that are part of god's creation not god gave us his himself. name god gave us his name himself what do you mean he gave us his name Yahweh is the one who told us Yahweh. He told us his name. It's actually right, written look, on our again, cells. Again, Dustin, you and I disagree. Yeah, so it, not that. a doctrinal argument, but more so that we can prove that the Jewish people are an imposter Torah follower. They keep Talmud, not Torah. They always have. They kill babies. They always have. They infiltrate That's to deceive. They always have. False. And it's on both sides. The theological and the atheistic Jews are both trying to kill all whites and Christians. That's completely false. And that's and the seabor. As, as, as far as killing babies goes, that I is the seabor. Well, I think that the people who, if you want to use an argument of seabor, people who are killing babies probably are descended from the Nephilim. 
They're not Jews. And people who have killed their babies. Abortion is primarily a Jewish promoted issue. Almost entirely people, Jewish. No, issue. that's completely false. And it's people also who, defended as something part of Jewish religion. They use religion is, as a yeah. way to defend it in courtrooms all the time. The, uh, the, uh, well, let me address that in a minute. But to just get back, if people have murdered their babies, it's a very convenient thing to try to blame the Jews and to bring up the blood libel because it's false. As far as abortion being a Jewish thing, that's false. I mean, abortion is not condoned by Judaism. It's yes, uh, it is. It, it is not. It's uh, unless the life of the mother is at risk. It is not. Now, look, I've actually, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, I actually looked into this. I attended a couple of talks with Jews, including this woman rabbi who's a very liberal Jew who admits that she's, you know, in favor of, of uh, abortion rights. And uh, she even said that in Judaism, historically, our position is that we it's permitted if the life of the mother is at risk. And that is mm. where we are different. Hello, let me explain, excuse me. That is where we differ from Christianity, which does not put the life of the mother first, but the unborn child first. So it does not yes. mean, and we, we do sacrifice not condone, the parent for the child. Yes. Right. We do um, not condone, we do not condone elective abortion. We, we that can't be true. It because it was a, a Jew invented the permitted. abortion pill, founded the American Fine. Eugenics Society, they, they, founded Planned are, Parenthood, were, founded yeah, the abortion movement, founded not, the abortion movement in Canada, and also kind of fathered the uh, birth control pill as well in terms of technology. Yeah, so Jews are obsessed that, with killing babies. They have always when, been obsessed they, with killing no, babies they, and legalizing that, abortion. Not, when they did that, they were not doing it as Jews. They were, they doing were doing it, it as Jews they were, because they no, hate they white people and they hate scientists. everyone else. They hate no, they, they hate mankind hate because Genesis three fifteen. I feel bad for them, but God told them that they're going to hate mankind, and we're going to hate them because God no, promised war between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Jews are behind every bad thing, every organized evil on earth. They always have been, and they do eat babies as part of their religion. I've shown you all they the evidence. Babies? I can show you more. Yes, they eat babies. Canaanite priests of Baal eat Canaanite. Do you think that Baal, my family are eating babies? I don't know if you do uh, it personally, Dustin? but the rabbinic uh, do you think guys I keep know, getting do, caught I doing mean, it. Look, I grew up Jewish, and I know Jews. The rabbinic families native. keep the rituals of the blood sacrifice. They desiccate the blood. They dry it out. They sell it on the black market. They rub it on themselves. I can show you videos of Jews rubbing blood on themselves, etc. I can yes, show you how they suck, how they cut, the, they cut the baby's penis and then suck the blood out, causing massive herpes that's, infestations. That's, yeah, that's I can show you all sorts of uh, ritualistic blood things that Jews do that are I, not you know, in scripture. Dustin, I have to tell you, you should take a look a little bit more closely at those I got sources. videos. I got Fine. videos, and, and not AI videos, at, but real videos. Look, yeah, take a look at those sources. The Jews are not into any of this stuff i can and show you jews pulling mattresses of soiled mattresses and baby strollers out of tunnels i mean i can show you them rubbing blood on their faces i can show you them torturing animals i can show you them hauling children around like livestock i can show you what they write about it how they want to kill us and destroy us and how it's in their religion and how it's in their culture to do so i can yeah, show you all I, the I evidence reject, i reject yeah. all of you it. reject a lot of evidence i do i reject the fact look i what i don't reject by the way is the possibility that there might be some of these practices and some of these pagan idol worshiping practices that are done by the elites that I don't reject. I think, hold on. I think that there is a possibility that if you take a look at, and by the way, we should note for the, for the record here that 
you were one of the primary architects of the QAnon idea, which is interesting, and which I don't totally reject. Hold on. And which positioned the, the idea that uh, this elite, this international elite, was involved with pedophilia and mm-hmm. satanic worship. I don't, uh, I don't, yeah, and I don't reject that. I think there's something that should be looked into. I can name, hold on, I can name two very respected journalists who did, did a pretty good deep dive into this, they, they being Liz Crokin and Ben Swan, both of whom mainstream i think one of i think that they worked for cbs i mean they were not you know this isn't some right-wing thing here and they exposed the pizzagate scandal which i think was a real thing my only yeah my my contention here is that by trying to claim that this is the fault of the jews that is a diversion that is holding up a shiny object and saying you see this is the jews when in a way it 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 deflects from a broader conspiracy, one that involves a, an international elite, possibly one that has very little to do with Jews. Not that there aren't some Jews involved in it; there are, but it's more to do with a kind of a the, the, the international elite that the Torah warns us all about: this idol worshiping, amoral, illuminated international movement that does reside at the highest positions of power. Now, whether or not- they're Almost entirely from, Jewish. No, almost entirely, actually not Jewish. Almost yes. entirely white, it's white supremacist. Almost you entirely take a look Jewish. At the, you take a look at the Rhodes Roundtable groups and the British uh, organizations and this whole occult movement around theosophy with uh, Madame Blavatsky, who was a Russian aristocrat. And you take a look at the people who established the Council on Foreign Relations, which didn't even let Jews in for the first time um, until the 1930s it's, and other groups. These groups, the Rockefellers, with the one exception, by the way, of the Rothschild family, these groups generally are not Jewish. Not that it matters. Not that there are Jews who have gotten into it, and there are. But in a way, Jews, let me just say this. It matters. Are, they act like they did, and you brought up the issue of usury, in in medieval Europe where the, the Christian king and duke and prince and potentate, since they were not allowed to create credit, they would form a partnership with the Jew who was outside of the Christian law, and they would mm-hmm. permit the Jew, they would work together, it was a symbiotic relationship, to develop cap. I agree with you, but the point is that it was both sides who benefited from it, and both sides who did this. Not the people. You're right. I agree with that, too. My yeah, point the government's, is that governments benefit short term from this sort of thing. But but Duffson, yeah. it didn't exist except at the connivance and permission of the Christian king who would. No, it's with... always a Jewish family behind these central banks, always. And you can see yeah, how the that plays out only, on every only, nation in the world. They all, But they only existed at the behest of the non-Jewish king who benefited and who got rich from that well, credit. They and only exist to, because we let them in to, to do so to us. Because basically. they wanted to borrow money and they couldn't do it according to Christian notions, which are against yeah, I, I understand that there was some some deep state government benefit from the usury and et cetera. It was a such. partnership between certain Jews. And what did the Jews get in return? They got but, two things. Let me just say this. Firstly, yes, they got they got financial success, of course. But the second thing is that they were able usury. to at least temporarily purchase protection for their people 
in the non-Jewish country, that protection would disappear when the new king would come into power, owing all this money, and then you had the exile. Anyways, you've, Dustin, you've never needed of, protection in white nations from white people unless you're eating their babies, like no, the Canaanite Baal priests, where we you, get the word cannibal. You didn't need protection from white people. You need protection from these white kings. The white people, as you call them, the Jews had a fine relationship with the average person. It was the kings and the rulers who would create these conspiracies against the no. Jews as a way to it was, deflect It was the mothers who found their babies from, missing or poked yeah, full of what about the What about the mothers of these aristocrats who ruled Europe and these families? These are not Mostly Jews, Jews infiltrated. Do you think the Habsburgs pretty much Jews? pretty much almost every what about uh, modern the royal family has been infiltrated I mean, by Jews? Yeah, modern sure. royals are all I, infiltrated. I, I, I can show so. you most of them. I can show you most of them wearing the kippah in in a synagogue in prayer, and I can show you most world leaders praying at the Wailing Wall wearing a kippah. I can show well, you all might, the examples well, of who really leaders, rules the world everywhere. World leaders, hopefully, show out of two percent of the world that just constantly needs our help and salvation and money constantly rule over everyone all over the world I, in disproportionate all, I, I levels. Reject, I reject the idea that the European aristocracy is Jewish. I mean, there was Infiltrated, one Jewish... genetically, yeah. yeah the the, the one, British no, family is a perfect example. There was one Jewish family that actually did achieve nobility and title, and that was the Rothschilds. And the yeah. Rothschilds were able to, to uh, circumvent this idea of being expelled from countries because Amschel Rothschild... That's Amalek right there. Amschel, no, Amschel Rothschild sent his seven, his five sons to Amschel, each of the great Amalek. European capitals. And yeah, they as, set up, as infiltrators to yeah, to no, what, what it is, what it is. Well, they worked in conjunction with the prince. The they Christian basically prince. set up, they set up agreements with the deep state in order to tyrannize the people for money and loot the people, I, I and that's at, basically I, what happened. I don't every single time, with you. just like today. I don't disagree with you on that. My point but it's is, always Jewish. You never saw black people set up a central bank and screw everybody over, is my point, ever. Right, but, well, that's because the Jewish people, that's because, first of all, there weren't too many black people. The Jewish people, people hate everyone around them and teach their children well, to you know, kill Dustin, boy. That's why. You, you know, they teach their had, children to go kill those Gazan Dustin, babies you know, for you're, fun. You're, 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 you're not letting me talk here. You're throwing. I haven't had up. much chance to talk myself, No, you've had really. plenty of chances to talk, and you're throwing one thing after another at me, and I don't have a chance to address each one of them. Each one of them can be addressed. First of all, there aren't too many black people in Europe because they probably were all killed off. The Jews were allowed to live in Europe thanks to St. Augustine. And they formed, and, and we're going we're going to go to merry-go-round here. They formed these partnerships with the non-Jewish rulers by which they would be able to perform various functions, some of which were unsavory, because the non-Jewish rulers didn't want to do this. It would have made them unpopular with their own people, and they were forbidden from doing it by their church. So you had the symbiotic Because God's word says don't do such evil things. Yeah, so they had the Jews do it, and they benefited and got rich. And the Jews were more than willing to do it every single yes, time they because were, they do because, not follow God's word. And never no, did. it's because the Jews were, were forbidden from being in certain professions, and they the were The Jews had no problem with usury, which is forbidden in God's law. No, the Jews, the Jews do not do, do allow lending. I mean, I don't know if you know, I, I don't know what the deal is on that, but I have a feeling that I don't know if you own a house or if you own a farm. But you probably borrowed money at interest to buy that. I mean, that's the question is how it can be regulated, and it needs to be regulated. And Jewish legal ethics and moral oh, no. ethics do regulate. Usually. It was a much better system beforehand with actual capital investment and saving and the use of value, uh, which I, was look, carefully I, I, valued. 
and in consideration. I, I but in, in, in Jewish you. central banking, it's all it's all like easy money, credit card spending. It's all debt money. It's easy. It throws Was everything out. Of Jewish? It throws, and it throws everything was out. J.P. Morgan was, was in Harriman fact, I believe, Jewish. Jewish. Uh, yes, no, J.P. Morgan was Jewish. in fact Jewish. He, he not, came from. No, a, they were not. They were not Jewish. Uh, uh, I have to go putting, find the evidence on that put, one. Yeah, I think so. Look into, no, they weren't. But putting it's always the Jews that, behind the central banks every single putting, time. Yeah, putting well, 1913. Was was Patterson Jewish? When they snuck in the 1913 U.S. Federal Reserve Bank, when they snuck that in on Christmas Eve, when all the Christians went home, they snuck in the unratified 1913 central bank reserve, federal reserve act when they snuck that in the rabbis were in the streets the next morning with those politicians celebrating and we have it on camera no it was snuck in by bailey aldrich who was, it was snuck who in was by the nelson, rabbis who were partying the next day with all those bankers and their cigars man i can show you all. i have an article on you this know, Justin, called who are the banks you and i you and i probably agree that central banking systems are not it's a bet it's a better economic and monetary system to have direct issuance of currency by the state. Massachusetts actually was, excuse me, the first state to patent that with a land bank. And I, I think that that is a better system than the debt system that we have. To blame it on the Jews again, this is using the shiny object. This was- Truth a, and facts, evidences. This, this was a business shiny. of this, you know, this, this kind of international, mainly white wasp institution that, no. that basically, yes, I mean, almost every Federal Reserve chairman banking. was Jewish. Fine. They're not the Har ones Harding, Warburg, Meyer, Black, Burns, Volcker, Greenspan, Bernanke, Blinder, Yellen, uh, Rivlin, Cohn, Fisher, et cetera, all Jewish. Fine. Reserve. They weren't, again, they every weren't single active. time. It's them. Organized evil is always them. Yeah. It's, they were the, the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve is not, I mean, the entire Federal Reserve system. Is whether it's the culture, whether it's the culture or whether it's the religion or whether it's like uh, the betrayals instead of like war and poisoning, et cetera. The black plague was poisoning Christian wells, et cetera. They're out to get us in every single way. They're out to get our kids in every single way. It's part of their religion. They teach it to their own children. I can show you videos of how they teach I, their children I was, hate. I was, I was never taught hate. They teach parents, their children hate in Israel right now. Did my parents teach me to hate anybody? Well, they teach you to lie to us about what you believe. So you, also. So you say I'm, you say I'm lying now about everything. I'm, saying. I'm saying that you're a Jew and it's, actually in the talmud to lie to me a non-jew the goy am what i you consider to be cattle i don't know the, but no, you it, certainly it was, don't like evidence and you certainly don't want to talk about certain things and you certainly reject best. certain evidences know. first of all i have tried my best to address everything we've talked about in the best way i can i'm not and i'm not well, you reject the, certain things you reject a lot i do but it doesn't mean that i'm not willing to talk about it and i am and i'm willing to address it i don't you are and actually that I got to say, gonna, you I do don't, talk about yeah, these things. I do, and I don't to have to. That. I don't have to agree with everything you say. I don't agree, and I'll make my case as to why. It's not that I'm lying, unless you think all Jews lie. I suppose. I, I believe it's in their religion to lie. I think they do so for benefit, I, especially I when they can that. get away with it. I don't no, think they I lie every single time, but I they are of their father, that. the devil, and he is the father of lies. I reject that. Jews are allowed to lie in one condition only, and the Torah calls it, and the Talmud calls it Pakuach Nefesh. No, that, they, they, they they have a tradition every year to lie. It's called Kol Nidra. Can I finish my statement, please? Kol, what about Kol Nidra? That, that Pakuach Nefesh is that you are permitted to lie if your life is at risk. And God says don't lie. What? God says don't lie. Also, well, Kol Nidra that's... is a Jewish ritual every year. They basically take a oath to lie about all of their other oaths. 
It undoes all of their future oaths for the whole year. That is Kol Nidre. That is no, that is a misrepresentation of Kol Nidre. I know what you're saying, and that it it's a disavowal of oaths. Not it's not exactly the way. It, it's it's nothing's exactly a, the way it reads when they you read their own words and you know in the context and no, they quote them. Nothing's to, exactly the way it seems. It, it isn't. Did God really say what he said? Especially Dustin, if you don't, you know, you have to study these things and understand them. I've studied go, them more than any man on earth, perhaps, and that's why I win all of the debates. That's, that's why I'm having the, you, you interview studied, me about the seed war right now because the seed war is true. Have you studied the Talmud? I mean. I have well, studied and, the Talmud, and, again, and I can show not, you numerous quotes about how they rape kids and kill babies. And, I, and I'm and i not here to suggest that the seed war, as you call it, is not true. I'm not here to, to, to condone it, but as a Bible believer, I have to consider it. And I've made but, the case, and I've made the case that the uh, 10 tribes of Israel that you call the modern white European nations intermarried 12, as much 12. as anyone. Well, no, I, I do not believe so. I think there was that, some French stuff. What do you mean? Yeah. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Well, they intermarried as much with the Sidonians as the, Ju the as Jews the are not Judeans. The Judeans are still out there, probably so in America. The, 12 but tribes, the Jews are not Judeans. We have to wrap it up soon. But if you're saying yeah. it's the 12 tribes, yeah. then does that include Judea and Judah and Benjamin were taken away by Assyria also? Were taken away later by Babylon. Yeah, but where did that and how did they end up in Europe? I mean, uh, you're saying go to my 12... anthropology articles on theserapeum.com and we actually track and we show videos, we show maps of the different movements of the different tribes and we show a, a ton of historic evidence and commentary from various historians. That the tribes, of, Ju that the tribes that of, the... Judea, of Judah and Benjamin, I mean, who were the people that Ezra led back to, uh, to Judah? Were they not the Judeans? And... They were the people he were warning that the Jews were trying to infiltrate. He kicked out the Jewish wives and children. And then a couple of generations later, they came back under John Hyrcanus and killed his son and took over with Rome's help, killed all the babies to stop Jesus, killed Jesus with Rome's help, took over everything and started to teach the Talmud instead of the Torah and has been doing so ever since under well, the Antichrist flavor so of that, Satanism, which is Judaism yeah. and Satanism. So, so then, you know, we have to wrap it up soon, but you're saying that sure. Ezra... Kicked out all Jews. He kicked out from Judeans, Jews. from the Judeans. Yes, and the and Canaanites what, what, were kicked out from the what, Judeans. The Canaanites were kicked out from the Judeans. Fine, yes, I well, agree it, with that. From the tribes, all of those that were present. I agree with that, and and that those tribes eventually established the Second Commonwealth. And the Jews so are the Canaanites who tried to infiltrate and got back in under John Hyrcanus. No, it was the as Edomians. we talked about with Josephus, etc. The Idumeans yeah, are not, Edomites. not the Jews. The Jews Edomites change their name to Idumeans, and then later they change their name to Jews. That's that's there's no evidence. That's a simple that. version. Yeah, that's all of the evidence. In fact, and Jews have zero evidence at all that they fulfilled any of the prophecies or are any of the lost tribes of Israel, much less the tribe of Judah or anything else. All they have is a country based on Mount Hermon and Gaza where they basically their uh, unholy uh, Mount Olympus to the fallen angels, where the fallen angels landed. That's what they want. So they have a country named Israel based on the fallen Olympus uh, to the fallen angels at Mount Hermon, whom they're mass murdering babies right now with bombs and using our tax dollars and troops to help do so uh, in order to claim that land fully as their own from uh, river to the sea, as they say. So this is the consistent pattern, just like they're doing in Ukraine, where they're sending off all the native white people to die in a uh, useless war where they're not meant to win, We're basically frog marching them into landmines and artillery fire to clear out the whiteies, including women, children, and uh, cripples and elderly, because they're just running out of men at this point. 
They want to clear out the Christians. I think that's what's going to happen in the West until it stops and Obadiah 18 sinks in. Well, first of all, the Idumeans did not be, you know, that, that didn't all of a sudden become the Jews. They were a people that perhaps, and you make this case, and we're, we're going over territory. I don't want to get on America around here, but they did, they were put installed in the form of, wait a minute, they were installed in the form of a corrupt puppet government of the Romans, who the Talmud calls the Edomites. And they ruled over the uh, the Jews, the Pharisees. Now, as far as your contention about this world conspiracy, I tend to agree with you on this. You and I are equally concerned about it. My only contention is that to try to blame the Jews for this is getting into a diversion that actually hurts the ability to expose this entity that is trying to rule the world. And that in a sense, it distracts from the true mm. enemy, which is not the Jews. The Jews have maintained their identity from the time of, of uh, Moses all the way up till today. They have been consistent. They have been corrupted, particularly in the 17th century by the teaching of Shabtezvi, which I get into, by the way, in my new book. Not to get in a shameless plug here, but here it is. We, we can save it for the next one if you want. Uh, these other topics, sure. that's fine. And, I've got to um, run pretty soon. Actually. Uh, okay. And and we also did not discuss the importance of the state of Israel as really something that has stood up for sovereignty and for a dynamic free society against the world order, which despises Israel and which seeks to destroy Israel. But that's another subject for another day. Dustin, do you want to mention your website or anything else? Uh, just the sarahpayam.com has all the evidences for what I'm you know, showing and talking about here. Obviously, there's a ton of context and evidence to go into. We didn't get to share anything, and I usually can't share screen, but um, you know, that's basically it has all the evidence to back up what I'm saying, as crazy as okay. it may sound. No, I mean, look, at you've got your point of view, although I have to tell you, I am really disgusted that you would say that the Jews are killing babies. That's revolting. But that's your position. Shame on you for that. But either way, I, I think we're on the same side in terms of identifying the evil that is uh, basically stalking the earth today. We just disagree on who it is and how it's happened. But on that note, I, I will thank you for joining me and uh, and be well. Thank you for having me on. All right. Take